Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Bridget and Scott, this is going to be our mailbag episode for the week heading into the holiday season. Scott, you had some very minor technical difficulties logging in today, but in true McLaughlin fashion, you just kind of powered through and it's all about the next shift. And um, until you popped in, Bridget and I were just quoting the Grinch and having a jolly old time. So uh, how, how are you guys doing? So was- Xerxes. Xerxes was filling in as well. That's right. Xerxes was too, yeah. Yeah, I was like I was like Chevy Chase trying to figure out my Christmas lights and Christmas vacation over here, just unplugging stuff, trying different fuses, and uh, got it figured out. Bridget, yeah. you you actually never did a, a Grinch impression. Do you have one? I, I was doing um, mine before. No, I I told you mine was uh was dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. Seven thirty, wallowing self pity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Brian, see, Brian does the accent. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's get into the mailbag of, of this week because there's, there's quite a few questions to go down. Uh, a lot of people emailing, tweeting, commenting on YouTube, uh, sending Scott handwritten letters, which I applaud as well. Um, so that was great. Why don't we start at the top here? And, uh, and of course I say, let's start at the top and I'm at the way bottom. There you go, Brian dash one. All right. Well, here's chip 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 says to us, um, Maybe maybe juice box kids is more appropriate for today's Bruins, Brian. And Chip, I found that I found it pretty funny. I, I I chuckled at that, Chip. And he was referring to how we were talking about the the lunch pill AC Bruins era night and and how maybe today's di- hockey game is a little bit I don't know less physical. I don't know. So that, that's that's what Chip was referring to there. I I appreciate that comedy, Chip. Scott, what about you? Yeah, it t- took me a second to get that because originally I was like, "What? What is he referencing? Like, did, did we bring up Juice Box Kids or something?" And then, then it clicked. But yes, uh, I, I do think that's it's probably more appropriate just in general. I think for hockey today. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it's Bruins specific, but anyway, okay. But Chip did have some questions. Uh, starting with the first one, he says, "Do you think the Patra assignment tells you how the Bruins feel?" he fits with them this season. We'll start with that one. So 
maybe a little bit, but I don't think because like I guess like the way to take that is like if you do think it says something about how he fits, maybe they're not super high on him. They think they're okay without him type thing. And I, I just wouldn't go that far. Um, I, I think at the very least it shows that they they don't believe that he is so essential that they need him for these next 10 games to collect as many points as possible. I think it pretty clearly tells us that they feel like they're they can get through without him. And that's in large part because Morgan Geeky has played well at center and Pavel Zaka is now back. If Zaka was still injured, Patra's not going. If Geeky struggled at center and it was clear that he was way better on the wing, I don't think Patra would be going. So I think it's sort of the combination of all those things um, that, you know, they're still left with 12 forwards that they like. And I think they believe that, you know, even if something were to happen where they get a little shorthanded during these 10 games, they think this is overall going to be a good experience for Patra and he'll come back better, which will help them more in the long run so they can afford to take, you know, whatever hit this might be in the short term. I I do. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like what we can glean from what they think about him, it's definitely not like maybe we might've thought in the beginning, which was, you know, if he was a second line center, if he had carved that role out for himself by this point in the season, he wouldn't be someone that you would loan out. Like he would be essential. And I think that really that's just the word. Um, and the difference is that they, that he's not essential to them in their minds um, because they have geeky and um, he's been playing well enough. And like Scott mentioned, Zaka's back. There's, they consider themselves to have enough center depth to make up for him being gone. Um, and like we talked about last podcast, I do think it kind of, it, I don't like the optics of it. Um, I feel like there could be some psychological, you know, something going on, um, for a guy who has to leave the team and, um, just like knows that they're, they're like, yeah, you can go. We don't need you. Um, I don't know. I, Brian and I have both been on that side of the, should you, or should you not send Potter to world juniors? Cause we didn't agree with it. And one of the reasons is because it kind of, it, it looks like that to me. It looks, it looks, the optics aren't good. It, it doesn't, I think the question was getting to that. Like it, it mm. makes it look like they don't find him essential. Mm. And, and Scott, don't, don't say I never did anything for you because Scott, for the record also um, co-signed on, if it were up to him, he wouldn't have sent Patra to world juniors, but he just wasn't as upset about it as you or I were Bridget. But um, ultimately, I, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think like if Patra was in a situation where he was a bona fide top two center production wise right now, and it's like, how do you just how do you, how do you send that guy to World Juniors? Um, but because because he's kind of he's kind of um, slowed down a little bit in the production category, but that also coincides with some of these scratches and the limited ice time. And what is it the chicken or the egg? Right? Is it he, his production slowing down because he's getting healthy scratches, uh, scheduled healthy scratches, and not getting a ton of ice time, or is that? in part because of the lack of scoring. I don't believe that's the case. But in any event, to answer the question, I do believe that, yeah, I think 
the Bruins sending him, assigning him to World Juniors, at least tells you that like they don't see him as 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 an integral part of their forward group, at least right now. I don't know how you could. Not to say they don't see him as part of their forward group, but an important part at this stage. If they thought that, I think he'd be he'd still be um, in Boston right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys had to follow up on that. I Chip's second question. It took me a second to like read what he was saying. I love this question because it's so random. <laughs> it is so random. And I don't have the answer. I don't know if one of you two do, but it's actually a great question. So I'll, I guess I'll, I won't bury the lead. I, I'll read it quickly, Scott. I, I, I think I might, I might have a, an answer at least. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think I can come up with a, uh, a window. But I don't know specifically one. I but I'll get to the question. So his second question is, when did the tradition of the goal scorer leading the on ice players the length of the bench hitting gloves um, after scoring? I think that's what he's asking, right, Scott? So somebody scores, yeah, and they they go down the line of the bench and pound hands with everybody. When did that start? I feel like probably sometime in like the late nineties. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? So you're pretty close, Brian. That's a good guess. So I had I not had like an extra 20 minutes before our pod started, I probably wouldn't have been able to look this up. But I did find like a couple articles and a little bit of research on it. And it seems like it kind of started Canadian juniors in the 90s at some point, started to catch on. And then where it came to the NHL was the New Jersey Devils during their 1995 Stanley Cup run started doing it for every goal. So it became sort of their thing during that postseason run. Uh, and then it didn't like immediately spread like wildfire, but I think that was the clear impetus of like more teams starting to starting to do it. So um, yeah, again, it seems like from what I was able to find, if you, as much as you can, possibly like pinpoint this it started with the 95 devils and then kind of spread from there in terms of the nhl do you think the goalie hogs will catch on the same way like in in 15 I, years I actually, now is everybody doing yeah i do too or, or some, something like or like at least like a goalie celebration after wins like yeah it might not all be hugs but you know goalies doing something yeah i, I, I definitely out. i definitely think that all mark and swayman have uh influence goalies goalie tandems around around the world of all ages so i mean who knows yeah i mean like they've talked about that they've said like people send them videos of like their kids doing it and stuff so mm. we do it we do we do a, a hug like that on the podcast when we record yeah you guys don't see that part it's when we hit we stop recording and then we do it it's like every every year and a half we do it in person <laughs> but i see scott all the time lucky him so <laughs> that's true that's true and I do have half his Christmas gift in, so. And I know what it is. And he's afraid to see. I can see it on his face. He's so nervous. No, we'll yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say afraid. I'd say I'm nervous. Scott, there's there's literally nothing to be nervous about. Um, That's what they always say. Except mean, for that I know how to use Photoshop. Ex except <laughs> for the fact that you may have to move <laughs> date or country. It's not. It's not that bad. Don't worry about it. Um, but anyway, all right, moving on down. Um, Kim has a couple of questions relating to Matt Potter heading to world juniors. We briefly touched on him earlier. Um, 
her first question is, do you think this would have happened, meaning sending Patra to World Juniors, had the GM and Patra not be Canadian? As an American, I don't think I got how important this seems to be to Canadians until I started paying attention to the World Junior coverage once Patra was loaned. This tournament is a big freaking deal to Canadians. Yes, Kim, it is. Um, but I don't know if that is in the equation here, but I'll let uh, the two smarter people on the podcast respond to that. Yeah, I almost... Scott and Xerxes, Bridget. <laughs> no, that, that'd be Bridget and Xerxes. Then. Uh, yeah, I, I almost feel like, you know, once I saw this question, I was like, oh, duh. Like, we sh should have really clearly explained that because I, I know, like... You know, me and Bridget have done like a lot of college hockey stuff and World Juniors is big in those circles. And Brian, I know you've followed it for a long time too. And it's like, yeah, sometimes I forget that like there's people who are just NHL fans and might not pay a ton of attention to it, especially because the Bruins haven't had a ton of prospects in it over the years, or at least not like star prospects, um, you know, tournament MVP type of players. Uh, but yeah, it is in Canada, especially enormous. Like it's like a national thing for like two weeks. Um, it always starts on boxing day, which in Canada is a holiday, the day after Christmas, the 26th. And it's like, gets absurd ratings across the country of Canada. So yeah, it is a huge deal. And, you know, Patra talked about that a little bit um, about how he would always, you know, every boxing day that that's what you'd watch. Um, I think if it were an American player, he might have still gone because the U.S. the U.S. is actually favored to win gold over Canada this year. Um, the U.S. has a loaded team, so that yeah, would be another... Yeah, that team is ridiculous. Yeah, so like that would also be an incredible experience. Um, I do wonder if it was... I don't want to call it like a lesser country, but you know, if it was someone who was more of a long shot, I could see it maybe not happening where they might say like, what's the point of really sending someone over there to go, you know, whatever, like one in three in group play and get knocked out in the quarterfinals. Like, is that really valuable? Um, you know, they did send David Pasternak, who obviously is Czech, who's usually not one of the, one of the absolute favorites every now and then they medal. Um, but Pasternak had only played, I think five NHL games before world juniors that year, he had spent most of that season in Providence to that point. So I think the, the fact that he's Canadian matters, it certainly makes it a, a bigger deal. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is a huge deal among like the college hockey ranks because I mean, BC and BU are losing like half their teams like in college hockey, well, like BC, especially. Yeah. BC is losing seven players just in the U S alone, six or seven. Yep. Yep. It's, I mean, it's a big deal because they don't miss a lot of games, but the second half of the season for college starts pretty much right after Christmas. So like some guys will miss a game on like new year's Eve or whatever. And those teams, if you're watching college hockey are not going to look at all the same. I don't even know how BC is going to field. A complete roster complete like yeah i think i think they only have one game that these guys are gonna miss which like they clearly knew and planned for so um 
But yeah, I think I think BU has one game during that time too. And then you just hope that they're back um by whatever like that weekend is like January 9th, 10th or so, I think is when the college hockey season like really kicks back up. They're taking people off the street that week. So Scott, if you want to go play, I know you wouldn't play for BC, but that's right. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. There's a lot on on this Potter World Juniors uh storyline. So I'm gonna skip on down to um to our next listener, Sam. And Sam says, enjoyed hearing all your thoughts on Lysel and Potra going to World Juniors. Have to say, I agree with Bridget and Brian about uh, Patra joining Team Canada. That's it. That's you know, that's uh, it. And that's and that's my favorite that's comment of this entire email. You know, like the There's entire mailbag. No follow up question to that. I can't argue. I cannot argue with that point, Sam. I do I think agree. We with should, I think well. we should end Sam it right is- here. Sam is banned. Sam is banned from submitting questions. Anyway. Well, <laughs> Sam, Sam, you submit as many questions as you want, and I think that's a perfect question to end the, the episode on. So thank you all for listening. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. Um, uh, I think the negatives absolutely outweigh the positives, but I would love to be wrong. Here, here's my question. All right, load management seems to be the main concern lately for the Boston Bruins with Patra. So the team put a plan in place and it seemed to be working. He had fresh legs for the Rangers game and got an assist right before he left. Why then is Sweeney okay with Patra playing in World Juniors where it's a bunch of games in a short amount of time? They clearly don't want him to hit a wall as the second part of the season starts. So why? Is it because it's juniors, uh, junior hockey, which obviously is easier than the NHL and you don't have players like Ryan Reeves slamming you into the boards from behind trying to end your career um that last part was added color sam didn't write that part but hey it's entertainment so um yeah basically what do you you guys have to say about the load management and world juniors is a lot in a little time it is it it could be as many as seven games in 11 days if canada went all the ways to the gold medal game i think it's also worth noting though that he's not playing any games this week it's just Trent or I guess they do have a couple exhibition games, but you know, presumably there'll be minutes kind of spread around in those. Um, but it's a lot of practice time. It's a lot of camp over in Sweden, uh, which is also valuable because, you know, first and foremost, he's learning his new teammates, his new team, how they want to play all that. But that's also in a team Canada practice at world juniors you are testing yourself against the best in your age group, which is also what, which actually is not what you're going to be doing every game. It's what you'll do against other top teams, but Canada against like Switzerland or whatever, you're not really facing the best in the world in your age group. Um, So. You take that back about the Swiss. That's uh, you don't need a rider. I was going to say, unless Nino need a rider still has eligibility. I don't. And Nico Heischer, uh, who, who too. Else? Roman Yossi, he's Swedish, right? I think. Um, I Nico Heischer, uh, uh, Swiss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it is a lot of games, but you're getting practice time on the front side of it. And then I think this kind of ties into a little bit of one of Kim's questions as well, but 
he's probably going to get a few days off when they come back. The Bruins are going to be heading to the West coast. Like right when he gets back and I wouldn't be at all surprised if he sits one or two of those games and kind of just maybe joins them for like practice and morning skate. But, you know, I, I would just caution people about that as well. Like if he comes back and doesn't play the first two games, it doesn't mean like, oh my God, Patra's a healthy scratch from now on. It just means like they're probably going to ease him in a little bit coming back from and World just, And just so people like, because not everybody in their life has traveled from Europe to the West Coast. That is a like a huge time change <laughs> to yeah. go from, you know, that's like you're awake at completely different times. It takes a long time for your body to adjust. I think it's... So it supposedly takes you a day per hour the time there was an in time change. So, and I think that that would be, which about I don't like believe a, by the way, I don't, I don't think that's, well, this was, a. I don't really was, care what the sign, science. Says he was just going to say, I don't care what your doctor says, Bridget. That's incorrect. Um, <laughs> it ta- it does take that long, Scott, uh, for your, for your like brain to actually get back on. I mean, this was my neurologist that told me I'm going to listen to her. Um, but <laughs> so I, I think it's I know nine more. hour time difference. Is it not from Sweden yeah, to yeah, California? Yeah, that's, that's hours. your body doesn't just go like figure that out immediately. So, um, yeah, that, that, I mean, resting him might be the only option. He might be all sorts, all out of sorts. I know I would be. By the way, a little fun fact, and forgive me if one of you guys have mentioned this already today or in a previous episode, but uh, Patra seems to be on a line with, is it Morgan Geeky's brother? Yeah, Connor Geeky. Fun fact. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we, we actually talked to Morgan Geeky um, today, Thursday after practice. And uh, he more, at that time, Morgan Geeky wasn't aware that they were skating on the same line. So that was pretty cool. He, Said he he hadn't really like given Patra any advice on playing with his brother or his brother with with Patra. He said his his brother's more skilled with with the puck, um, you know, which he, he's a first round pick, so that's that's not too surprising. Um, I I also his if people haven't seen him, just Google Connor Geeky. He has like classic hockey flow. So I, I asked Morgan if uh, if he ever had hair like that, and he said he did, but then he started losing his. So that was the end of that. Oh, he, yeah, he that'll do it. it. That'll do it. It's tough to grow well, the hair; it won't grow. You know. And, mm-hmm. and the, the the fact that he's playing on a line with Connor Geeky kind of makes the next part of Sam's question interesting. I'll read this one because this is actually the the area that I was most concerned about as well. So um, Sam says. Don Sweeney said that Potter will rejoin the team once World Junior Championship is over and none of us have a magic ball, but one of the main concerns is that Potter will lose his starting spot while he's gone. It's one of the main reasons that Sam said they didn't want him to go to World Juniors. If Geeky takes over the number three center slot or possibly Merkeloff, if they decide to bring him up and try to generate some offense um, because Jake DeBrusque isn't going to get done. Where does that leave Patra? If that happens, do they try and put him at wing? Hoping that won't be the case because I see Patra being a top center in the Bruins' long-term future, and he needs to continue to develop in that position at the NHL level. And so we already saw Morgan Geeky just 
take control of that spot. Like he, that line was a very effective line last game, the third line, which was JVR geeky Frederick. Um, and geeky had even done a, a pretty decent job playing first line center. So I think there is concern with where does Patra fit when he comes back? If all of a sudden it's, you know, if, management and coaching is set to kind of keep things the way that they have been. If they're clicking, you know, do you move geeky away from that spot? It's that's the part that concerns me as well. And, and Patra, I don't think they'll play him at wing. So then that's where it becomes like, okay, now we really see, we'll really be able to see what they think of him and how um, essential or non-essential they, they see him the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately Jim Montgomery never changes his line. So if they're set, then he's just screwed. So. Well, you say that, but Scott, what did I lean over and say to you last game? Yeah. So this for is one the first game, game ever. He, he hasn't changed his lines. Line. Kept his lines together for three straight periods. Unbelievable. I was shocked. Um, okay. So my, my non sarcastic asshole answer is, and I said this a little bit on the last pod, like it's kind of a cop-out, but I just think that the chances that like everything's clicking perfectly and you know, you're not going to move anyone out of the lineup and everyone's healthy is just really slim. And even if that were the case, they would make a point to get Potra back in. It's, it's not good for anyone for him to like just sit on the bench and be a healthy scratch for, you know, a week straight. So they'll get him in and, I don't totally rule out them trying him on the wing. Um, Don Sweeney did leave that door open, which was a little bit of a shift because before the season, Jim Montgomery was asked if, you know, at that point when Podge was making a push to make the roster, he was asked if wing was an option. And he said, right now they really only viewed him as a center. He played wing, I think one game in the rookie tournament in Buffalo and, they didn't really love how it looked. Um, you know, Sweeney this week, you know, so two, two and a half months later, sounded a, a, at least a little more open to the idea. He said, like, Potch was a smart player. Usually smart players can figure it out, even if they're, you know, a little uncomfortable at first. Um, so I don't rule that out, and I don't think it would be a permanent move. It would just be like, here's another lineup option that we haven't looked at yet. Maybe we give it a look for a couple games, but ultimately, you know, I think Morgan Geeky can play wing. Like, you know, I think he had some good games there early in the season, even on a line with Patra. So um, I kind of think things will sort themselves out and Jim Montgomery will shake things up as he always does. And ultimately I still see Patra settling back in as the third line center. I feel like you're simultaneously in that take being pessimistic and optimistic. You're like, pessimistically, they're going to have issues and that lineup isn't going to stay exactly the same, which is optimistic that things are just going to work out how they have to work out. <laughs> it's an interesting uh, yeah, arc there. Well, I mean, like I think back to, was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year where it was like they had eight or nine defensemen signed to NHL contracts and it was like, what on earth are they going to do when guys start to get healthy? And it's like, well, Mike Riley played himself out of a job. So you know what I mean? Like 
very rarely are you going to have like you're you're basically in the NHL never going to have so many good players all healthy and playing well at the same time that it's like oh my god we can't there's just literally not enough minutes for everyone um there's always going to be something going on that opens the door for someone 